following Packers Green 19 podcast is a production of JS Online and Packers News and is brought to you by Potawatomi Hotel and Casino. And now, here are your hosts, Jim Ozarski and Tom Silverstein. Good morning, everyone, from Detroit, Michigan. And this is the final regular season podcast of the 2019 Packers season. I'm Jim Ozarski. Tom Silverstein is to my right. Or your left on the radio dial. I don't know. But um, one, of them. <laughs> one, one of them. We don't know where we are. It's been a long night waiting for the Seattle Seahawks and San Francisco 49ers to conclude their game on Sunday Night Football, Tom. And now we know uh, with the Packers 23-20 win in Detroit, they're the number two seed. They, they are officially the number two. They came within six yards, was it? Six, seven, six eight inches? Yards. Yeah, what, I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not even six inches. You're right. It was like, I don't know, one inch of becoming the number one seed in uh, NFC. Pretty crazy, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I mean, it, it was a good pair, I guess, with um, the Packers game. <laughs> <laughs> in the set. But we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get to the Packers-Lions game specifically a little later in the podcast. Right now, this is just about... Um, you know, the Packers, first time since 2016, we knew they were going to make the playoffs. But um, to get the bye, that was what they, they knew they had that after the game, Tom. Um, you know, players were watching this Sunday night game. Mm-hmm. Um, clearly, you know, I'm sure coaches were too. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? Um, you know, they handled business, uh, but obviously they didn't get that little extra bit of help they needed. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's... You want home field throughout, but more than anything, you just want that first round by and the chance to uh, play a home game and get to the NFC Championship. If you can get to the NFC Championship, anything can happen. We saw what happened last year when L.A. Rams <laughs> went to New Orleans, a place where nobody thought they could win, and all it took was one crazy thing to happen, and they're in the Super Bowl. Uh, and Packers I, fans know that from the onside kick and see yeah, Seattle. Yeah, the other way, exactly, right? exactly. Yeah. You can you can win on the road and um, outplay a team. I I think it you know it, for them to get to the NFC Championship game is still going to be a feat. I mean, we don't know for sure, so we know that New Orleans is number three, Vikings are number six. So that is. One wild card round in the first round at right. New Orleans. Right. So it'll be Vikings at New Orleans, and then it'll be the Seahawks at Philadelphia. Yeah, so they fly cross-country after a pretty physical, yeah. emotional game to yeah. take on a, a hot Eagles team. Yeah. And so, you know, I could see either of those games. I mean, they could go either way. I, I, I don't think that the home team is a slam dunk in those games. And uh, so, you know, the Packers could wind up with any of those four teams uh, playing them at Lambeau Field. Yeah, that, that's the key thing to remember is there is a reseeding after that wild card round. So, um, you know, if the Saints do win, that's pretty much who they're getting right. you know, as the three seed, as the highest seed available. But if there are a couple upsets, uh, they wouldn't, you know, if, if the Eagles and were to win um, and Minnesota were to win, it's the Eagles coming back to Lambeau Field as right. the higher seed. Um, you know, the only way they see the Vikings is if there's a sort of dual 
no, there's really no way they can see the Vikings. The sixth seed winning goes right. is going to go to San Francisco. Correct. So, um, you know, and I don't know, Tom. I mean, I um, I've said this. Packers fans have disagreed with me the last week or two that I don't know if any NFC team wants to see Philadelphia. Um, I understand their limitations, how hurt they are, but um, it's an interesting bracket. You know, I think the Saints coming to Lambeau in January is interesting. Um, or, you know, I can see the Packers winning those games or, or you know, not. Yeah. <laughs> I, <guess. laughs> I mean, we can't, we can't say for sure what the weather's going to be like right. in two weeks. Uh, I still don't think that the weather's going to bother a guy like Drew Brees. I, I do know it would, it's possible it could have hurt some of their other guys, but you know, I I just really the Packers have to worry about themselves. They have to yeah. get their ship in order. You know, we'll talk a little bit about what went on in the Lions game and how lucky they really are to be the number two seed given the way they played. Uh, for them to they they've got two weeks to really get their ship in order. And I'm saying that about a 13-3 and three team. <laughs> right. Uh, but, you know, it's clear San Francisco is the best, I think, the best team in the NFC. But how far the distance is between all those teams, we're going to find out in the next two weeks. Yeah, and, um, well, part of getting that ship in order, Tom, is to not drop the ball like Jimmy Graham and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Yeah, amongst others. Amongst others. And I know you won't. Spoon. And I know our listeners won't. This New Year's Eve, do not drop that ball. Ring in 2020 at Potawatomi. It's Milwaukee's biggest New Year's Eve party. Tickets start at just $49. Get yours at mkenyeve.com. Um, what I find interesting about the home field advantage and, and how important that buy was is while they won't see the Vikings, I, I, I mean... Drew Brees won a Super Bowl outdoors, um, but that's still a skill, speedy team. They're built for their home stadium, mm-hmm. um, and you know. And I guess if if uh, however it breaks, there's I guess there's a way they can get Seattle if if there's some upsets that works for them. You're talking about a Seahawks team going from west to east to. West to Midwest, and, and you know Russell Wilson, I think might be the best quarterback in the NFC playing right now. I, I mean, I don't think you can understate at least for this Packers team that does have its flaws how important um, winning the game in Detroit was. Now that you, now that it's all done and we yeah. know the bracket and we know how, and, and I guess Packers fans and even us were able to watch the 49ers Seahawks live. We don't always get to see the games live as they go. Yeah. As they well, go on in the Sunday. Think about if they had played this Detroit game and they had to play next week. Coming off a of Monday night, so they come off a of Monday night game, they have to do everything in their power to win against the Lions. And then they'd have to come back, maybe even on a Saturday, right. to play a first round game. And I mean, that's how important this buy is because now they really can take this week to work on their bodies, maybe do some mental stuff in the classroom or whatever, maybe do some walkthrough. I don't, I don't know what Matt LaFleur's got, but the big thing is they take, take care of their bodies this week, and then next week they can hit it pretty hard. 
Right. And we'll, um, you know, we address the injuries suffered in Detroit a little later in the podcast. So the one thing I want to leave with before we do get into the game here, specifically, Tom, um, the so we know we just went through the bracket a little bit, what it can mean health-wise. The last time Matt LaFleur had a bye, um, this team turned in the worst performance of the year. One of I don't know if it trumped L.A. just because maybe you know you give San Francisco benefit of doubt for being that good. Um, what lesson do you think or lessons are the most important for this this new, this coach who's doing this for the first time as a head coach? Mm-hmm. He's been to a Super Bowl as a, as a position coach. Um, can you learn from that last buy? I mean, what what I, I don't know if it's applicable. Okay, I, I don't just because, uh, you know, when you went out to San Francisco, I still don't think the buy had anything to do with it. I, I do think that, uh, I mean, they did get out coached, and maybe that's what they have to look at is see, you know, what is it that they didn't get done during that bye week to put themselves in a better position. But I just kind of think that San Francisco just beat the crap out of them at home. And I don't know if it had anything to do with the bye or not. I mean, it's kind of hard to to say. Um, I, I think, if anything, go back, look at what your game plans were. And really the whole thing's going to come down to um, scouting these teams that you're going to play so one of the three teams that they can possibly play they have to spend this week really breaking those teams down I mean the coaches have a lot of work to do because you don't know which team you're going to play but you might as well study all three and be ready and get a jump on your opponent yeah this will be um you know Kyle Shanahan uh as we as we know was was the offensive coordinator in Atlanta for the I guess on their end of it, the greatest meltdown in Super Bowl history. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you look at who might come through Lambeau Field in the divisional round, you've got Sean Payton, who has a ring. Mm-hmm. You have Doug Peterson, mm-hmm. who has a ring. Um, I, I Carroll's got a ring. Pink Carroll's got a ring. I, I mean, you got to have some chops. And um, those guys and those staffs, those quarterbacks, I know Wentz didn't play in that Super Bowl, um, but he's he arguably right behind Russell Wilson in terms of how well a franchise guy is playing right now at that position. Yeah. It'll be, um, I guess that's the fun part if you're a fan, if you're if you're a spectator observer, is, is that's on the horizon. I guess we're just curious to see how uh, Matt Lafleur and his group put it together this bye week. It should be interesting. And in order to Get to that point, Tom. The first thing the Packers had to do was take care of business at Ford Field, and they barely did. Um, such an odd stat of beating a team twice and never leading in regulation. The Green Bay Packers, 23-20, Mason Crosby with a field goal as time expires. I don't know. We all thought this would not be this way, that the Packers would have maybe had a chance to rest their guys mm. in the second half instead of fighting it out and nearly going to overtime. Yeah, I guess I should have known better. This place <laughs> has never been very good to the Packers. They were coming off a Monday night game. They didn't really practice much during the week. 
you know, I guess if you, in retrospect, if you go back and look at it, there were some signs there that this was going to be a little bit of trouble. I just thought that the way they played against Minnesota would carry over to this game, and nothing carries over for them. Every game, as Matt LaFleur says, it's one game at a time, and every game is uh, separate from the others. There's, there's almost like no uh, carryover one way or the other. And I think that's why they had an issue, um, meaning they clearly wanted to attack Detroit's banged-up defense, a man defense that frankly doesn't play it very well, 31st in the league. It was evident early. Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur wanted to take deep shots. We saw Marquez Valdez-Scantling again, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that's fine. Like, that fits the model we've seen, Tom, of the week-to-week matchups. However, it was pretty clear early that the quarterback was not on his game, and I think they never then went to what you thought they might do, which was pound the rock, own the line of scrimmage, run him out of the building. They just stuck with frankly, what didn't work. Well, what they did, I thought, and it was true in the Vikings game, in the early part of the third quarter, they start doing a little bit more dink and dunk. They throw some runs in there. They move the ball on that second drive, 95 yards. Great. You know, it's finish it off with a deep pass, 20 yards to Devontae Adams. And then they come back and they start flinging it down the field again. It was like they had almost learned nothing from that drive. And LaFleur said that some of it had to do with the way the uh, Lions were playing. But, my God, if you can't get people open, every time they got someone open and got them the ball, they got first downs. I mean, Lazard had a really nice game. Adams, when you got him the ball, he was good. Uh Jones, when you could get him the ball, it was he was halfway decent. They just kept going deep and deep, and they could not uh, figure out. You know, I, I don't know. I asked LaFleur if it was Rodgers just choosing to go deep or if it was in the game plan. I thought he was kind of hesitant to answer that question, and then... He finally said, well, it was our game plan, you know, and Aaron has can take those shots when he wants to. Uh, I, I, I almost felt like Rodgers was uh, a guy trying to find his mojo, and he was going to throw it until he found it. And, I mean, maybe that worked. Sure took it to the end, but that ain't going to work. That's not going to fly against the San Francisco 49ers or... Seattle, for that matter, or New Orleans. No, I I mean, it didn't work, and he never found it deep, Tom. I mean, you're right. His best showing was the dink and dunk um, on that 95-yard drive, where I think 8 of 10, 80-something yards. Up to that point, I think he only had completed nine balls for 118. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think what was strange and was the... the um, I mean, Aaron Jones wide open for a touchdown in the first half that ended up leading to a field goal. Um, I I thought there was another play or two to Adams and end zones where you're just used to that ball at least being in play. (laughs) That was the thing. I mean, a couple of those throws to Jay Kumaro, one was an OPI, one was an interception. Um, 
you know, Jimmy Graham dropped the ball. Valdez Scantling was getting killed, I don't know, on your social media feed. But to me, Tom, a quarterback with no pressure and a wide receiver running free, Aaron Rodgers shouldn't hit him on the back shoulder. Like, yes, MVS needs to catch it. Yeah. But to me, like, I'm putting that on the quarterback. I am, too. So, I like, that was what was strange. So I do agree with you. It felt like he was trying to find it because they were there. And it's, it's so weird to me because clearly you're like, that's Aaron Rodgers. Of course he's going to. And he's thinking, I'm Aaron Rodgers. Of course I'm going to hit it. It just never materialized. And I think they were fortunately lucky that Blake Martinez gets the turnover and Aaron Jones, may, I mean, look, he's had some great games, Tom, but 100 yards of really rugged running and a great catch and run on a screen to, to set him up for a winner. Yeah, he they at least had the good sense to get him the ball when the game mattered. Uh, I didn't think they neglected him. He had 25 no. carries. Season high. But I just thought that they didn't... Uh, they were spread out over too many deep balls, so they give him the ball three times, and then, okay, he only got, like, there was a series in particular. They gave it to him four straight times. He got 11 yards, and then they went deep twice, yeah. and then, you know, punted. And then from that point on, it was, you know, running Aaron Jones here or there, throw deep twice, punt, or or whatever it was. Uh, you know, I... Some of those deep balls had a chance to be big plays, yeah. and and Rodgers missed them. He overthrew. Uh, he didn't have an explanation for why he threw that way. Um, I will tell you, I went back and looked at his last four games, and he's completing, I think it was, 55% of his passes, and he's got a passer rating of around 76 for the final four games of the season, and he completed 47% yeah, today. 40, yeah, 47, 49. You know, it... That's not the getting hot that he talked about a month ago. Right, and and that's where, you know, I thought the coach was going to uh, make this better for him, was going to make uh, the offense just hum for him. I mean, we're talking about a 13-3 and three team, <laughs> right. so some of this is... <laughs> Um, might seem like nitpicking, but everybody sees it. I mean, everybody can see that they are not a very fluid offense, and at some point it's going to catch up to them. When it does, I don't know, but, you know, if their defense keeps holding people to 20 points or less, you know, they're in every game. Yeah, and uh, speaking of that that defense, Tom, um you know, they weren't backed up with turnovers like they were on Monday. Uh, however, they did not dominate the line of scrimmage no. like they did Monday against a patchwork offensive line. Now, it's interesting. So the rookie, Jeff Blau, um, 122 yards passing, mm-hmm. 72 to Kenny Galladay. Uh, Kenny Galladay leaves with a concussion after his 42-yard pass sets up a score, and then Jeff Blau can't throw the ball because – Nobody's open, and really, defensive penalties and errors help set up later Lions scores. They had to use a trick play mm-hmm. to score. Um, Adrian Amos basically tipped his cap. He said, "Look, it, we were in man coverage," and he's like, "In man coverage, no one covers the quarterback." He's yeah. like, "They just who does? It's yeah. one of those where they got him." Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, 
Matt Prater hits what a fifty-five yarder. Yeah. Um. I. You know they were good again. You know the the, the yeah fifty-six the chunk runs. I think were. I'm sure that that'll be what's distressing to Mike Patton mm-hmm. is because the last four weeks, Tom. Um, they had. I just wrote about this at PackersNews.com. They had eliminated the chunk runs, the explosive runs, and then there's the Lions, just especially at the end of half. Well, I, you know, so I'm going to give them a little bit of a pass because, for one, they just came off a Monday night game in which they just whipped the Vikings, and they had I to mean, carry the water, and and they did, and they did, and I could see it in some of those guys. You know, I could see it in Zadarius Smith. Um, He'd make his rush or make his shot through the line, and if he didn't get it, then he was just, like, done. You know, he usually you see him chasing down the field or making plays from behind, but he just looked tired. And I thought Kenny Clark looked like he was tired. I'm sure Martinez was. I, I, I just thought they were a tired defense. And I, I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass, on that, I mean, it's not great. You don't want to give up 171 yards rushing and 6.8 average, but you still held them to 20 points. Yeah, and um, you did it in uh, you know four days uh, after playing. So uh, you know, I don't think I don't think that's like an omen for that they're going to get crushed in the playoffs for running. I think they'll they'll be healthier and. And in better shape in yeah. the bye week. Uh, it's after inter- the bye week. Yeah. No, I, I I mean look, and they, they came up Blake Martinez of all people, first interception since twenty seventeen, gets yet again a key turnover to give the offense back the ball. Um they didn't really get after the quarterback. There were some pressures, one sack only. Again, Blake Martinez. Jair Alexander, oddly Tom, his first defensive pass interference of the season. Um his second unnecessary roughness. So you had, uh, I mean, the roughness, I mean, he body slammed Danny Amendola. That it was what it was. Mm-hmm. But the DPI that like, kind of got tangled up, fell down, running a little well, behind. Yeah, he was beat. Adrian Amos said that the deep post to Kenny Galladay, the 42-yarder, he's like, that was just a coverage breakdown. He said there should have been a, another, there should have been a safety mm. back. Um, and... So, you know, and that's what happens. Uh, you know, the, the way the league is set up, <laughs> it, it leans that way. So, I, you know, I, I think what surprised me, Tom, a little bit, and we talked about this earlier in the week, was would the off day Wednesday, the lack of practice, that hasn't always gone well for this group. Mm-hmm. And I know what you're saying about the Monday night, but this is a 3-11-1 team. With a third string undrafted rookie quarterback, I don't even know who was playing for them at the end of the game. They're, they were reading off injuries, like, and we'll get to the Packers ones here in a second. But I, I don't know. I, I still think it's a it had to be a little disheartening, and that's how what I felt the locker room felt like mm-hmm. that they had to win this way this week. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it because the NFL is so crazy. I mean, if Miami can go up and beat <laughs> New England, true. you know, when they're vying for they're uh, playing for everything the Packers were. Yeah, and and they lose to Miami. I I don't get it. You know, I don't understand why the Colts lost to the Jags. Uh, I <laughs> Browns just, lost to the Bengals. Well, that one. I, okay, I could yeah, that makes I, sense. I, yeah, All right. I, that one. Okay, <laughs> but it, it's just like you know. 
there's going to be games like this, especially in divisions. But you know, they're all the games are like games. this. Yeah, they are. I guess that's my only point. I, I thought maybe. I thought maybe. So I don't know if you're mad. Yeah. I I still think the game against the Vikings trumps this one, even though even though this was not a good performance all the way around. Uh, I think in a game seventeen with short rest, uh, it's not. It doesn't. I, I'll say the defense doesn't worry me. The offense does. I still think that you know we haven't seen a consistent offense anywhere or, you know, a dedication to using Aaron Jones the way he should be. Yeah, well, look at you being Mr. Positive. Well, I don't, yeah, what, 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 are the, guys, what are the Twitter guys going to say? I know. That you're, I the, know. you're the one. The blog guys are going to oh, think yeah, I sold they, out. <laughs> they, don't, they hate it when I compliment the pack. So as we kind of um, put a bow on this game specifically, um, there are, were some important developments, uh, so let's run through. Corey Lindsley was the first one out, back injury. Yeah, um, it's weird. I don't know what kind of back injury knocks you out of the game. Spasms, I suppose, could. Um, they didn't really indicate to us what kind of injury. I didn't see him come out of the locker room, did you? No, and he's been dealing with back stuff. Um, I think it was the Chicago game. I remember Lucas Patrick came in for a couple snaps. Yeah. And, and they were sort of, he was pointing to, um, I guess, the upper back area. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that could be ribs, too. Who knows? Uh, yeah. so, so he's the first one out. Um, and then Aaron Jones gets his right hand stepped on. Looked bad in the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, no worse for wear for our listeners. He did not have a wrap on after the game. Obviously, we know he returned. He actually said the bicep um, was a little sore because his hand got pinned to the turf and his whole body kept going. Um, so he, I guess when there's an injury report in two weeks, don't be surprised if you see hand bicep. I, I just got to say they caught a huge break there. Huge. That could have been a broken hand easily. Yeah. And then his season is probably over. You know? Yeah, without a doubt. Um, Brian Balaga, uh, concussion. Again, with linemen, um, who knows if he self-reported. Jerry Valdir. You know, he was the swing tackle as of last week. Comes in, plays end of the third, all of the fourth quarter. I, I am interested to watch. Uh, it seemed like he wasn't getting run over or anything. Rogers said he had a, some trouble throwing over him because he's 6'9 six six or 6'8 <laughs> or whatever. But, you know, he's a veteran. I mean, this is a guy, how many years have you been in the league? This Eight, is 10 years, now. 10. You know, he's phenomenal athlete. You know, just a big guy's cut. You know, he, you, you could see why he wouldn't be out of his element. I just thought he'd be really rusty and kind of stiff. But he must have held up pretty well. Yeah, he said um, after the game it helped that he had a month of practice. For what it's worth with Brian Balaga, we are not allowed to speak to players uh, in the concussion protocol. That said, Tom, I don't know if you saw him leaving, but he was cracking jokes as we were walking by. Very much his personality, <laughs> for whatever that's worth. Okay. Um, then... Uh, B.J. Goodson injured a neck. Not sure if that's related to – he kind of had dealt with that earlier in the year. Could have been a stinger. Stinger, um, so we'll see how that goes. Alan Lazard um, said a, a defender fell on his left ankle, um, and post game 
said there wasn't any swellings. I mean, this is what the guys are telling us, right? Mm-hmm. But he said, no swelling. I'm straight. I'll be good. So um, needless to say, the bye is going to be helpful for you know some real key players yeah, here. Yeah, no question. I think that bye is so important. And uh, the other thing that Matt LaFleur talked about is they're going to do a, a big self-scout during this week. Well, it didn't and work that well going into San Francisco. No, no, it didn't. <laughs> but they do need to look at uh, who they are and, and what they're going to be in the playoffs and uh, what kind of team do they want to be and how are they going to you know, marry their offense and what their offense does with their defense, which is the strength of their team. So, uh, yeah, I'm curious. Um you know, and especially with home games at Lambeau Field. Who, I mean, who knows what the weather actually – it could be 65 and sunny. Yeah, I, yeah. But um, I, there's a part of me, Tom, that feels – we've seen the last of Aaron Rodgers putting it up over 50 times. I don't I'll believe think, it when I see it. <laughs> put it this way. I think if they want to win a handful of games and go to Miami, then I'll say it right now. They're not doing that. If he's throwing it over 40 times, It is kind of a Detroit thing. He had 55 (laughs) today. He had 50 last year. I believe his high of 61 was against Detroit in 2016. So it is kind of a Detroit thing for him (laughs) to throw that much. But, uh, yeah, you don't want to be throwing it that much against San Francisco, Seattle, Minnesota. You know, you may have to throw it that much against New Orleans. Right. But we'll you know, it, it, it all depends on who they face, and uh, we won't know that until uh, the first round is over. So, yeah. you know, they they can take a little time. Yeah, and maybe they'll be ringing in 2020 at Potawatomi with you. Mm-hmm. Could be. It's Milwaukee's biggest New Year's Eve party. Tickets start at just $49. Get yours. Tom Silverstein will sign your hat. Go buy them. M-K-E-N-Y-E-V.com, friends at Potawatomi. So, Tom, we're going to wrap it up here from Detroit. Last regular season game. Um, obviously, we will be with you all soon when we re- understand and know what the schedules are and whatnot. Yeah. But uh, we'll be here with you breaking it all down going forward. So, from Detroit, for Tom, I am Jim. We will talk to you soon.